the most healthiest model that we saw that can help both elders and youth and children mm-hmm. about a life course of what I call the life course perspective of healthy aging. Mm-hmm. And that is, is that there's a mix. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to connecting women through stories, inspiration, and actions that empower resilience, leverage change, and celebrates their next. Today's guest is Marsha Neiman. She is a speaker and seminar leader, author, and psychotherapist. Her book, The Five Gifts of Pro-Aging, delivers a fresh response to the issues around our anti-aging culture. Marsha also continues her work as a consultant, supporting her clients on the journey to becoming present in life and healing from the past. Welcome, Marsha. So glad that you're here. Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm so glad to be here in conversation with you today. Um, just so that, you know, I did give you a little bit of what you do, but maybe you can just give us some, uh, a little bit more history about you so that the audience can kind of understand um, what you do and how you help others. Sure, sure. Well, on a good day, <laughs> on a good day, I help others, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's my mission. You know, really, I think that's my privilege. Um, and I have had the opportunity to work in the field of mental health and coaching. Uh, this is my 34th, almost 50, 35th year, I guess, going on. Wow. Yeah. That's great. It is. It is. And um, if you haven't noticed, there's a bit going on in the world these days. Yeah, just a little um, bit. <laughs> just a little bit. So, yeah, I, um, I started out, of course, uh, learning to be a teacher. You know, I was mm-hmm. going to be a teacher, and then I taught for a bit, and then I decided to go into uh, psychology, uh-huh. and I did, got my master's um, at Pepperdine in Malibu, and I tell everybody I paid for the view, you know, but it's gorgeous over there, too, and a great school, Yeah, and I had um, a chance to work, you know, in lots of uh, areas, in Los Angeles, um, lots of different areas, and then I went back to Wisconsin, had a clinic and a practice there, coaching there. Um, worked a lot um, in Florida, moved to Florida, so I'd never do that, came back from Florida, back to California. So I've been here a couple of times, and now I love it. This is home to me. Wonderful. And, and you know, today we're going to talk about pro-aging. We're going to talk about, I call it pandemic pro-aging, <laughs> because more than ever, the gifts that um, I'd love to share today mm-hmm. are important and essential. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, I just want to say, you know, next is about women 40, around 40, beyond 60. This is a great time in life, full of wisdom, uh, experiences, life. And oftentimes, you know, we, we have to pivot and change in order to, to remain relevant, whether it means going in, in a new career or education or what have you. That's what this is about. But I'm really impressed that you've gone 35 years doing not the same thing, but working using your best skills, but you probably repurposed them and reinvented them along the way, right? Absolutely. So when Absolutely. was the time that you got the the inspiration to do that the you know anti you know the aging culture and all of that? When did you really yeah. start feeling like that was a time that you needed to write a book about? Well, um, I tell everybody I wrote the book for me. And I, again, I, I thank you, Elizabeth, for asking me to come on this podcast because then I get to go back into my book that I need to read, right, mm-hmm. and get um, reminded of what came through. 
because I really feel like my higher power helped me to just bring out a lot of what I was seeing, not only in my clientele, but seeing in my own life. Because I never really thought I'd have a problem with aging. You know, I, I was really um, attached to looking good, you know, being youthful. And the word pro-aging is really a response to the anti-aging stigma mm-hmm. that we're really a part of, and especially in Southern California. And, oh, yeah. you know, of course, many other larger cities, too. And it's creeping into the rural areas, too, that, you know, our worth is based on how um, attractive we are, how we can remain relevant that way. And if, heaven forbid, women, you know, um, grow into the maturity and it's, it doesn't fit the norm, right? Right. So I had my own, to be honest, I had my own healing, um, excuse me, uh, crisis. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it started out, I was just going to grow my hair out. I mean, you can see I've got salt and pepper hair. Um, I was dyeing my hair up until I was, you know, 40. And then I decided, you know, around 45, I was going to stop. And I thought, eh, I can do this. No, no problem. Right. And, you know, I went into, <laughs> I went into a crisis. I really did. Right. And it upset me because I, you know, my pride, my ego thought, oh, you know, I'll be fine. Right. But really what I say, and I talk about this in my book, is that I I feel like I tapped into this, almost this database in our culture, that in order to be seen and be visible, I had to stay attached to my youth, Mm -hmm. right? That Mm -hmm. there was fear that just came up so much about this idea of maturing. And part of my byline is, you know, five gifts of pro-aging, it's honoring you know, maturity in a culture that could use it mm-hmm. because we live in a culture that is anti-aging. And again, you know, we can talk some more about the stigmas, you know, the adjectives that we get, right, when you think right. about aging. And I know we're talking 40, 50, 60-year-olds here today. Yeah. And, you know, um, but really aging is not a fixed period of life. It mm-hmm. started this process when our first breath came in. Yeah. Right? Yes. And, and it's becoming a gradual, lifelong experience. And I really think, you know, middle ages, as you know, it's a wonderful time. Oh, fabulous. A wonderful time fabulous. to reinvent. Reinvent. And, I, you know, the maturity part is getting clear about what we're willing to put up with and not put up with anymore. Right. Right. Because we know the clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. You know? We know that this life is so precious. Right. Yeah. yeah. Love that. um, I love that. So you wrote the book. It was sort of, you really felt this impetus to do that. And I love that you you mentioned higher power. So you really base maybe some of the decisions you make in life from your core, from, from your spiritual place, because some people say higher power, it's, it's where you come from. You come from a spiritual place, right? So this really sort of in, you intuited that you needed to do this and then you really began to, to um, sort of chart your journey and, and provide some, some really good input on how to, how to manage it, right? Yes. Yeah. And again, on a good day, I'm tapping into, I tend not to use the word spiritual. I tend to use the word tapping into our true self. Intuitive. Tapping into self, our yeah. higher self. Yeah. Because I think sometimes spiritual can be a little bit of like, a, like one of those drawers where you throw everything in it and yeah. you, you have no idea, except you just go into the junk drawer, you know? Yeah. And not that spirituality is junk. No. But to me, um, my work is based on knowing, 
not just believing. It's based mm-hmm. on knowing that I really, truly have a source that keeps me alive, including my breath. Right? Yeah, right. And that I am being guided because I am. And I have proof every single day, like on yes. a good day, right? Right. That I get to acknowledge it, um, that I am being guided and that I'm being helped. And yeah. hopefully, I, you know, today, somebody will hear something that helps them today, just like you're helping people. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. That's what, it's all the points of light. And I, I agree with you. And so we, we do our best. And I think if we're living our true nature, then we're really in that space. Um, so you're intuiting your, 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 your higher power, what have you, you're getting what you need to, to, it's almost like the concentric circles, the drop in the pond, and then it goes out rather than the outside coming in, which is what we're talking about with this pro-aging and this anti-aging a lot of that is the outside and we're taking it in. And that is so the wrong way to go about it. And I think in midlife, we really start to embrace that. Yes. Yeah. We really, well, yeah. And this, the women between 40 and 60 have so much purchasing power. Yeah. We, we, we are the ones that are making so many decisions advertising wise. And, Mm -hmm. um, and we know that it's a lucrative the anti-aging business. It's lucrative. I mean, a few years ago, it was over $200 billion. Oh I mean, $200 billion. Yeah. You know, of, you know, Nick, Tuck, you know, Tuck, Laser, and Phil, as I say, you know. And again, nothing against that. Nothing against that. Mm-hmm. Right? But I, I talk about staying informed to see, like, like, what are the feelings that if we don't, have to do those things what comes up you know and part about the first gift of pro-aging is the gift of authenticity Mm -hmm. and i you know i think your program really speaks to that because if we're not really listening to our core i love that word that you use yeah for self your essence yeah then we are just like sheep and following the cue of everyone else and trying to fit in right and um, again, nothing against, I'm not saying that everybody should just stop dyeing their hair. That's not the purpose of this. No, <laughs> no, no. But, but it's really about saying, can you have the courage to listen to thine own self be true? Right. And I love that because that's what makes life to me so spicy. And those are the people that I'm interested in listening to on right. a podcast. You right. Know? Those people who, against all odds and against a lot of maybe, you know, people saying, why are you doing that? You know, when I first started letting my hair go gray, you know, the voices were like, oh, my God, I'm letting myself go. And what will people think? And, oh, my God, even when I was growing my hair out, you know, it's like, you know, 62-year-old women shouldn't grow their hair long, you know? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, seriously. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's like, you know, we're supposed to keep it short. And, and again, it's fine if you keep your hair short. But there's uh-huh. these cultural kinds of, um, you know, stigmas. Right, right. You know, adjectives that are connected to aging, you know. And I think, fact, I, I think we yes. have to ask ourselves, like, what on the outside is really influencing what we, how and how we live and how we define ourselves? We have to really stop and, and, and ask that. So if you're comfortable with short hair because you like short hair, that's fine. But if you're wearing short hair because somebody said, if you're over 60, you have to have short hair, then that's, you're not really being true to your, to the thy own self be true, like that kind of thing, you know? Yes. Uh, so uh, I, I agree with you on that. So yes. I'm sorry. 
I interrupted you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I, it, it's true. Um, and, and so, you know, part of what I was just going to share some of the, the top five uh, negative adjectives. And I'm really, I'm just saying that to be a, not to be a bummer here on the, on the, on the podcast, but what we find as we're aging, the top five negative adjectives that describe mm-hmm. aging are, get this, slow, <laughs> weak, timid, forgetful, and unfashionable. Uh-huh. Right. So here we are. We're bumping up against all these adjectives today. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, being in a pandemic, of course, too, we are slowing. We had to slow down. We had to face, you know, some of these hearts and voices. I mean, that's the hardest part, I think, mm-hmm. right now, is that people had to really be with themselves right now mm-hmm. and are continuing. And I just, you know, this morning, I'm, I'm not trying to digress, but I just wanted to give a shout out for human beings this morning. Yeah. And that is... I was coming out of Trader Joe's doing my shopping, right? Yeah. And I looked around. I said, here we are a year now, right? A year coming, in t- coming into this, mm-hmm. this whole virus, you know, mm-hmm. COVID-19. And I, I just looked around and I saw and had felt so much compassion for everyone. You know, their carts and going in and just, you know, just dealing with all that's on each of our plates. Mm-hmm. And I just had a thought like, wow, if anybody is doubting their resilience these days and their ability to reinvent or their ability to go to the next thing, yeah, then look around because we are living it. We are in, in it. it. We are strong. We are strong and we are in it. And pro-aging is really about tapping into the strength and pushing back to really saying that aging is a good thing. And I'm really an advocate, and then I'll be quiet here. This, I'm an advocate to, you know, when these, when these adjectives, these negative adjectives and people, you know, s- start saying, oh, it's over the hill and they're bringing black balloons to the party. And I'm really an advocate to say, whoa, let's offer a joyful commentary here. Let's, let's flip it. Let's be that that elder, that mentor that just says, you know, aging, aging is a good thing. Aging is another word for living, right? It is. We're above ground. We're here. We made it. We, you yeah. know, virus, you know, all of it. So anyway, I just wanted to say such compassion to, to all of us. Yeah. And our strengths. And people yeah. have to take a moment to remember that because they're always looking out again outside themselves and going, Oh, I don't have it. I don't have it. And it's like, stop, take a moment. Just look at this yeah. past here and what you've been through, what yeah. everyone's been through. You want and proof. I just, yeah, yeah. I just want to um, kind of talk to you because I, I had someone once, I don't want to go through the whole story, but I had someone once was a younger woman kind of throw out you're old to me. And that was supposed to just oh. cut me to the quick. That was supposed to just take me out. And I thought to myself, wow, that is so telling about like her whole, how sad, like that's where she's so scared, you know, like she just yeah. in a moment told me about herself right there and it didn't harm me because I feel like I'm on that conveyor belt. I'm old to some, I'm young to others and I'm 
in the moment and I'm living my life now and I kind of really like my life, but I also make sure that I live my life now 100%. So I don't go 10 years from now going, gosh, I wish I was, I wish I wished. Yes. So important. Um, and, and it was just funny that, that, that this is something, especially in California, Los Angeles, that was supposed to take me out. That was supposed to just harm me. When I just was so sorry for her for saying that, because obviously this young girl is very afraid of what that means, getting old, right? Indeed. That's why this this work is not just for middle-aged women. I wrote the book for middle-aged women, you know. I was one. I geared it for women. But then men started reading it, and younger people and older people, and they said, listen, I can relate to this too. Right. Because that young girl, right, for whatever reason, it was scary, this old piece, because maybe in her life she she has seen some older people that weren't doing so well. Right. Right? Right. And, I mean, we've got proof of that, too. I mean, look at our nursing homes and what they went through right now. Oh, my gosh. Terrible. You know? Yeah. That that is a broken system that we all can help heal. And, and hopefully, you know, with this new administration, we will be addressing. Well, I know you know, I, I follow a lot of groups that are the boomers and that's the largest, uh, largest segment of our population. And we're, we're all headed towards the, the, you know, the later parts of life. And they're really coming up with, there's a lot of innovation of um, coming up with how um, we treat our elders, the loneliness, all of that stuff and how these, these communities are being built near uh, universities where they're overlapping. I'm talking to yes. people who are overlapping older people with young people as mentors, each learning, not just the older is teaching. Mm-hmm. They're learning from each other. So there's a lot of understanding that, hey, wait a minute, um, we're still viable. We're still relevant. And I'm a big believer in the first third of life is building. You build, 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 build. And then the middle part of life is navigating. We kind of step back and we help others that are, you know, below, not below us, but if that we, we are past, help them navigate. And then as we get older, we reflect to the world. And, and I think that that's what we miss so much. We miss tapping into that wisdom and what people have seen and what, you know, how they've lived. And I think people are coming, coming into that now and understanding that it's so important to overlap and interface the different generations because there's so much value there. Um, to, to uh, draw from. Um, but I had someone said, I had, when you were talking about advertising, I want to just tell you one more thing. One person of my age group said, you know, we're in, I hear this too much, Marcia, we're invisible. And I don't agree. Uh, if we're invisible, it's because we're choosing to be. Uh, it's, she said it because she says the billboards and everything are so uh, youth and sexy and I, and I think that the billboards, they're doing their part because they're, 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 they're trying to, um, you know, draw the, just that base, you know, yes. reproduction, sex, um, you know, consuming. We want to consume right. that person. We want to consume whatever she's doing. We want right. so to, that whole thing. So, yeah, I don't want to be that woman on the billboard. I have no desire to be that woman on the billboard. But I've been saying to my audience and, and in blogs and what, what, you define it. What is it that you want are stand up for that? Because the advertisers want to sell us more anti-aging 
creams. Absolutely. And they want to sell us more stretchy yoga pants. Like they're getting it wrong. <laughs> like they're so getting it wrong, you know? Right. And, right. but, but that's our fault. That's our fault because we're accepting their defini- definition. We're not coming that's out and saying, um, no, <laughs> no, this is who I am. And this is what I'm doing. And I think that our, our group, um, there's more and more women I'm talking on, you know, different platforms. They are there and they're saying, wow, I yes. have, I'm valuable. I'm just figuring out how I can plug that in. Absolutely. I mean, you're describing Elizabeth, the main thing of advertising. And I know you, you just said it is really the core is they want us to believe that, you know, we need what they have, right. That we are in deficit, right. Right. If if we don't get that, then we are left out and we're not, um, you know, we're not part of the gang, you know, we're not relevant, which as you know, as you're describing, we're reinventing. This is what conscious aging is about. This is the conscious aging health movement to say, listen, no, we don't want to get into those little stretchy pants anymore. You know, we want our own line of clothes because three fourths of those women, you know, we don't see ourselves in, in those places. Right. But I quickly, I wanted to go back to what you were saying about um, the intergenerational. Oh, mix yes, yes. With, I just, I wanted to just make a comment. And one of the things that I noticed when I was teaching at Antioch um, in Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. and that was, the most healthiest model that we saw that can help both elders and youth and children mm-hmm. about a life course of what I call the life course perspective of healthy aging. Mm-hmm. And that is, is that there's a mix you, and that is like bringing daycares into nursing facilities, right. Mm-hmm. Or bringing them into communities where they're 55 plus. Right. Mm-hmm. So there is an ongoing interchange. Yeah. And that is the model that we found had the best, the best benefit for all. Right. So it's happening. It is. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And, and the good news is, you know, we're going to encourage that as well, too. It's, you know, part of the platform, my group, too, we talk about that. So Right. And I think it just, we can put it in our mind, but it takes time for everything to slowly move towards that. But like I said, developers are now talking about these properties that are close to universities. And then there's the childcare and, you know, all of these things happening so that, you know, when I'm old, I don't want to live where I'm so far away from everything. I want to be interacting. I want to be where I can go take a class. Um, That's right. Where I can go be part of, if I want to be in a choir, if I want to be, you know what I mean? So I want to yes. be interacting. And in order for us to stay relevant, we always have to be learning or engaged in something. And so as we age, we have to, as older pe- as people, we kind of get our worlds get smaller and smaller. Yeah. The important thing is we will stay young in the sense that how we're living life if we continue to be engaged. I'm not talking yes. about the outside stuff. I'm talking about yeah. we continue to stay stimulated. That's the key. And yes. I'm so excited about that because yeah. I think why people are so afraid too of age and aging is it's pointing to, you know, the inevitable. We're headed down that hill. Yes, We're, the big D. Yeah. And so, D. so it's yeah. really, it's scary. And um, yes. it's, it's one of those things that, yeah. you know, is very, um, you know, frightening for a lot of people. And um, that's why I say just live your life as fully as you can each day because yes. it goes quickly. <laughs> well, and I also want to go back to the comment about the woman invisible. Yeah. Okay. 
So the second gift of purging that I talk about in my book is the gift of self-healing. So most likely, and I'm not saying that she doesn't feel invisible as she ages, but most likely that's not a new feeling. Right. Okay. And as we know, when we don't address things, so the gift of self-healing is to go back, you know, and do what we call cleanup, a lot of family of origin work, you know, and to look at those dynamics that made us feel abandoned or invisible or less than, and that's really important so that we can learn to be more present. And if we don't do that inner work, which is difficult, you can do it without a therapist, with a therapist, 12-step rooms, you know, support groups. It's all, I mean, thankfully, we're in a, an age where, you know, psychotherapy and coaching, and it's accepted. And it's, mm-hmm. it's actually a good thing. Right. So, you know, to address that invis- in, um, invisibility before you age even more because it doesn't get easier as we know, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then the third gift kind of ties into this is the gift of discernment. And I love that gift because discernment, to define it, means that we have, and I want to get it right because I, um, I, I looked it up because sometimes when I don't know definitions, I look it up, you know, just, just to make sure. And it talks about... Excuse me. It talks about that discernment is the act of exhibiting keen insight and good judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So part of this gift of discernment is, as you know, many times women, by the time they get into their 50s, 40s, have been juggling so many things. Yes. And are really compulsively too busy. Mm-hmm. And eventually, like myself, you know, things start crashing down. I know your story, I read about your story. You've shared some of your story, you know, you know each other. So we know that sooner or later those cards are going to come down if they're supposed to. Right. And discernment is such a beautiful gift because it really requires to take back. Yeah. Take back, like you were saying, take back your own time. And what comes up for most women when they start looking at their own goals and visions instead of feeding everybody else's goals and visions mm-hmm. is they start feeling guilty. This, you know, guilt's a very big one for women because heaven forbid, you know, they get told they're selfish. Who do you think you are? You know, we've counted on you. We liked you the way you were. You better change back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And those are really I'm not saying they're bad, but they're kind of a conditioning that our worth is based on focusing on other people. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of women base their worth on the roles that they play. Huge. Huge. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, part of what we look at is letting go of other people's expectations of of us. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but the other thing that a lot of the women that I work with also have really high expectations for themselves. Right. And that perfectionism, if that's not also looked at, can really be debilitating. It can create procrastination. It can create depression. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and, 
And so part of the gift of discernment is letting those cards land, letting go and find out, oh my gosh, there is still somebody home. Yeah. That's what we want. That's, I think, what you're talking about, getting a hold of that. Yes. Is that right? Is that Absolutely. Absolutely. At the end of the day, we all want to be loved, right? And if we mm-hmm. don't love ourselves, and clearly, if we're, putting our, if we're looking for love in other people's definitions of us, right, then we are mm-hmm. simply missing it altogether because we're not, we got to love ourselves and come from that place first. And then the other things, like I said, the concentric circles, then the other things fall into place. Where when you switch it up, like you were saying, people get, and this is, I hear this so much with women I've I've worked with and mentored and just chat with, you know, in all these places, people get upset with that. They don't want you to change. They don't want that role that you are playing to change. But um, you got to, you got to turn it around and and really be true to yourself. You know, just like we were saying earlier, true to yourself. In order to do, and why? Why do we have to be true to ourselves? I think it's because if you truly, you want to live authentically and you really want to live your best life and it's time, you've, you've served all these people, you know, and now you're ready to, to really step into your own life, you have, to, you have to kind of scale it back and really redefine what that is. What is, what are you? How do you love yourself, right? Am I, am I? Yes. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that's... And- so important. recovering from what I choose to call that codependency, you know, yeah, doing for others what they're capable to do for themselves, right? <laughs> right, but we've right. been so trained to get in there and be the superwoman with the cape and right. you know, the fixer. And um, so anyway, that you know, it just reminds me that, that that's why it's important to not go it alone, and I think that's where women have the advantage over men mm-hmm. is that we know the power of the tribe. Yeah. Yes. We so know true. the power of the tribe. But if the tribe is so hooked into being negative about aging, this is where you have to really, you know, sometimes forge your own little path here and do, mm-hmm. keep doing that inner work of, of authenticity, you know, and self-healing and discernment. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think I'm, people, why do you think people are so reluctant to go in and really harness their true selves they they will put themselves out there for every role and be there like you were saying um codependent all those things why yeah. is that why do people avoid that well i know for me and i'll start there mm-hmm. <laughs> is that um i like to pretend that i didn't have these mm, let's just say not so good or negative you know uh-huh. parts of myself that I'd like to pretend that I didn't have these parts that would go rogue and that I could really be an unkind and mean and selfish and, you know, not give a damn sometimes, you know? And I think it takes great courage to face those parts of ourselves, to acknowledge that if we are going to let those cards fall, we have to look at all parts of us. Yes. And really, you know, we're human and, and, and given just, all the turmoil that we've gone through, especially in the last year, that it's, it, it was, it's so easy to go negative. Yes. And, and it's important to see that we do have the negative. I'm not like, woohoo, I'm so glad, you know, that there's this bad wolf, you know, howling around inside. But 
you know, it really ties into the next gift, which is the gift of wildness. Mm-hmm. We really are part animal. Mm-hmm. And if we, and, and I'm saying in a good way, but the animal can also lead us down some dark alleys, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> um, greed, entitlement, you know, it's kind of that old school, that old way of uh, what I call that patriarchal model of getting ahead. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about a different model that I talk more about the last gift, which is the gift of conscious collaboration. Yeah. And it's a more feminine model where we actually work together and cooperate, not compete. Mm-hmm. And, but wildness could get in the way. Wildness can mean that, you know, oh my God, I mean, we haven't talked about this topic, but sexuality, heaven forbid we talk about aging and sexuality, right? Right. right. Um, I mean, how's that for a podcast? We can go into, you know, the changes of what happens to this physical body. Right. right? And our hormones. And the, um, the kindness and the, the compassion that's required for all the wrinkles and all the sags and all, you know, the fat bundles and all these things that require so much eventual acceptance. And I, I'm not there. I don't pretend to be there, but it's a process. Right. But the gift of wildness to me is also, I think, the essence of what keeps me going. Is that if it's not fresh, if it doesn't feel electric, if it doesn't feel fun, I'm not going to keep doing this work. I'm not going to stick around. And I'm not saying, you know, get me out of here because I want to be here. But, you know, it's, it's about keeping it real yes and nothing like nature to remind us how beautiful aging can look Mm -hmm. think about these redwood trees have you been up to you probably have seen them yeah uh you know uh, up north particularly i mean they're some of them are like 1500 years old i know incredible right i know right and you stand next to them and you just go incredible yeah so to me, whenever I start feeling and you know less than compassionate about aging, I, I get myself out in nature, and I see the cycle of life, yeah. and I just remember I'm in it. Yeah, it's coming, and I better, like you said, I better enjoy what I do have today. Yes, all of it. Yes, yes, because I, this is this is it, right? This is it. You don't get this day again, and so you know, getting through this past year. Nature, uh, nature has always been a healer for me. So I'm always out in nature and I'm always looking out at nature. And, I'm, and I see that there was just mayhem this past year and chaos and so many bad things. But I look out at nature and, the, and nature continues. It continues, which tells me this too shall pass. This is all going, we're, we're on that conveyor belt and it's, we're, we're learning and, and pain and learning is painful sometimes. And, you know, just all of these things and just to be grateful for the learning and, and to continue on. And, and so, yes, important. yes. So Thankfully the, you know, nature didn't get the virus. Yes. Yes. But um, you know, the thing is, is that people, this, it, it, I wanted to kind of talk about the whole wild thing and almost um, going back to the beginning of time where, you know, cavemen or what have you, you know, the, the females really did have to 
find the men in order to, they would find the, the strongest man because they wanted to have the strongest babies, like the survival of the fittest, all of those basics. I think that our brain, it's still in there. Yes. And the we, we reptilian. need to, yes, the rib, it's still in there. So there's still that sort of, oh my God, if I don't have this sexual, if I don't keep looking sexy on the outside, I won't have my power any longer. And that's where I say women of this age group, we need to come out and redefine to ourselves and others what it's what it is to be this age. Instead right. of and, letting culture and, tell us what it is, because they don't right. know. <laughs> right. And heaven forbid we be this age and sexy. Oh, you know. Right. I mean, right? Right. <laughs> But the, the like, thing is, is it's all of that, all of that. But it's it's more for me. It's more other than um, how we appear. It's more of standing in your own self and being really clear on that, and just yes. being really good with that. It's yes. so very important to me. And I think what I'm hearing in all these conversations is that women truly want that, but they're afraid because they're still looking at the outside. Yes. Stop that! Stop that! You define it. I'm all about, okay, you go create that. That's not working. Go over there and create that. Because I think with these new developments that they're doing with overlapping generations, it takes time. But if you keep repeating it and repeating it and saying, I am awesome as I am. And that girl that told me I was old, I said, oh, well, you know, um, to her I was. But to others I'm not. I'm still necessary. I'm still viable. I'm still relevant that's yes and one day with pro-aging hopefully moving forward this conscious healthy aging moving forward when somebody comes up to and says you're old we can look at them in the eyes and just sweetly be able to say thank you yes thank you and to say old is good old is also all of this you know i mean Old, I think to me, it's like aging hopefully is about becoming a better person. Becoming. Aging is about becoming. Yeah, but becoming what? I mean, what model are are we looking for? To me, pro-aging is about becoming a better person. Yes. And a better person who's happier. Mm -hmm. A better person who's fulfilled with themselves inside first. Yep. I mean... I love a pricey moisturizer. I love things that sparkle and, you know, and clothes and things that make, you know, youthful looking. I love that too. Mm -hmm. But if I'm counting on that. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. Right. And to me, a woman or a man who is happy, who's humble, Mm -hmm. who is, you know, content. To me, that's attractive. That's sexy to me. Right. And, oh, my gosh, we have some work to do about, you know, here, especially in Southern California, about, you know, what aging, you know, is about. We've got some more work to do here. Right. And like I said, I I honestly believe it starts from the inside out. Um, You really have to be so good with who you are, where you are at, and yeah. love the moment and day that you're in instead of, I do not pine for the past. I always told my children, <laughs> I know I would tell my children, you need to be children. Like I really limited the outside world's, you know, all the noise. 
because I said, you just need to be children because when you're not children any longer, I don't want you thinking, gosh, I wish I was a child or behaving like a child. When you're an yes. adult, you'll be able to be an adult fully. That's what was my plan. <laughs> yes. So anyway, I just, uh, I, I, I just love this conversation and Thank you. talking about it. Thank you so much, Marsha. I know your work helps many people. And thank you for taking the time today to be here and share your pearls of wisdom and uh, your wild and all of the, the goodness that you bring. Oh, bless so I you. really appreciate it. And um, take care. Thank you again. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's been a joy. And you're a joy. Bye thank for now. You. Thank you for listening. Links to mine and my guest social media, as well as other resources you might enjoy, are all in the show notes. Why not take a quick 10-minute quiz to help find the right resource for you? Download the Compass mini course or browse the resource page and see what the next community has to offer. All available at www.nextcareerlife.com. Enjoying the show? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend or coworker. Word of mouth is still the best way to find out about new podcasts. Until next time.